this world has gotten into this spiral, those things that God has clearly told us are wrong, now we're parading around and we're prideful of these things. Welcome to In Grace with Jim Scudder Jr. He is the senior pastor of Quentin Road Baptist Church in Lake Zurich, Illinois, and the president of Dayspring Bible College in Mundelein, Illinois. Today on In Grace, I'm going to be teaching more about the book of Revelation and the end times in our series called Armageddon's Dawn. I'm Jim Scudder. I'm the pastor of the Quentin Road Baptist Church, and I've written a few books. But one of my favorite topics is Bible prophecy. And I've seen so much that has already been fulfilled that the Bible predicted, and it was always fulfilled exactly as predicted. I am so confident that the rest of Bible prophecy, it's about a third that hasn't been fulfilled, it will be exactly as predicted. And that is mostly going to happen in the end times. And so as we study the book of Revelation, I hope that you're geared up for what's coming in the future. I really feel like the world is getting worse and worse. We have to be getting very near the end of the time when the Lord will come for the church and then the tribulation period will begin. Today, I'm going to start with an overview of Bible prophecy as we're in Revelation chapter 4, talking about the throne room of God. But you might want to visualize this, and you can get the Armageddon's Dawn prophecy chart from us for free. All you have to do is go to our website, ingraceradio.com, or call us at 1-800-78-GRACE, and then you can get this. You can uh, We can mail it to you. You can print it out. You can have it on a smart device or your phone. And then as we teach through these different concepts of eschatology, the study of end times, you'll have this visual in front of you, and I think that will really help. We also have an Armageddon's on video series where I filmed it in Israel in the different places, including Megiddo, where Armageddon's supposed to happen. We filmed a lot of great Bible prophecy teachers, including Randall Price, Joel Rosenberg, and others that I think you'll really find this video series helpful as well. And we have the full 43-part sermon series called Armageddon's Dawn available on our website. So these are resources I think that will really help you and equip you, and these resources help fund and finance in grace and our mission to spread the gospel around the world because we know that Jesus is coming soon. We also would love for you to watch In Grace Television tonight on TBN or anytime on YouTube or Roku. TBN is the largest Christian network in the world, and we would love for you to watch tonight. We're going to be talking about the rebuilding of the Jewish temple, and that's another fascinating topic. Uh, But you can find us on YouTube right now by searching In Grace. When you find us, go ahead and subscribe and then get alerts, and you can also comment and different things there. The more you do that, the more you like the videos and subscribe, the more that YouTube pushes it to other people and the more the gospel gets out. And so that would be much appreciated. Or you can find us on Roku. It's another way to digitally watch In Grace for free. So we'd love for you to do that tonight on TBN anytime on YouTube or Roku. This book tells us about the outpouring of God's wrath upon a rebellious and wicked world. And that's what the whole book of Revelation is, and that's why we're talking about Armageddon's dawn today. Armageddon is a biblical term that is in reference to a geographic location in Israel called Megiddo, or Megiddo, they would pronounce it. It's a place in which, it's a valley of Jezreel, that there will be this final 
battle or series of battles to be fought against light and against darkness. That is in the future. We are living today in what we call the the church age or the age of the church started in Pentecost there in Jerusalem when the Spirit of God came upon the believers in Israel after Jesus had been crucified, rose again, and appeared before many people for many days and then went to heaven. And he said, I'm coming back. And so we have this promise today that Jesus, who is alive, is coming again and is worthy to pour out judgments. Look at your prophecy chart. And we have here a series of events that are coming. This is the church age that I just referenced to you. So Revelation chapter 1 is all about Jesus Christ and why the revelation of Jesus Christ. He's going to be revealing to us the future. And then chapters two and three are talking about the church and the letters to the churches. And these are things that Jesus is telling churches. And hopefully we heard what he had to say to us. And then all of a sudden the church is gone at the end of three. We don't hear about the church anymore because the Bible talks about the rapture or the uh, gathering of the believers right before this period of trouble that the world is going to face called the tribulation. And chapters four and five, we're in that part right now. We're going to talk about that today. Again, the throne room scene, we're going to see that God is worthy and in more particular next time in chapter five, that Jesus, the lamb of God is worthy to open the seals of a book. The book contains the series of judgments of God, and he's going to open that first seal, and that's the first judgment. There's seven of those, or actually six, and the seventh seal opens the trumpet judgments, and then the last trumpet judgment opens the bowl judgment. Certainly, there's going to be a trumpet, and that trumpet sounds, and I believe the time of the end is here. And if you're new to the Bible, and if you're new to prophecy, this might sound really far-fetched. Let me just tell you something. There is a lot of wickedness in this world. And it's obvious. All you have to do is listen to the news or read the newspaper if you know what a newspaper is or click on a story because it's just story after story after story of horrible things that people do. And so we all would agree based on just the things that we've seen throughout history, the horrible things that people do, that there needs to be an end to this. There needs to be a putting down of this rebellion and of this pride of man to say, we don't need God. We didn't need God to create us because we just evolved. You know, the song that we're about to hear at the end of Revelation 4 talks about the worthiness of God because he created us. You will not hear any singing of evolution in heaven because If you believe that we came about by random accident and chance, you've never really stopped to consider how incredible this world is and how big the universe is. When we start to realize how detailed everything is about us, about our own body, about our own eye, the complexity of it, and we start to see that multiplied throughout creation. We start to stop and look at the variety and beauty of God creating the fish and the flowers and the birds, and on and on and on. We see intelligence. We see purpose. We see design. This is not an accident. We're not here by accident. 
But this world has gotten into this spiral. Those things that God has clearly told us are wrong, now we're parading around and we're prideful of these things. Now, the Bible is clear that Christians ought to love everybody and make sure we share Jesus Christ's love with everybody. And I'm not a hateful person. I truly want to see every person know Jesus Christ. But sometimes a pastor has to say, this is what the Bible says. And if I say something is wrong that the world has said is right, who's right? It's the Bible. It's what God said. So we're kicking off a parade in Chicago, and it's called the Pride Parade. Now, I'm not here attacking people. As soon as I said that, somebody said, well, you must hate people. I don't. I'm just trying to tell you that God has a design. God created male and female. He created sexuality within marriage, both for procreation, but also for enjoyment and, and, and connection and, and union. And it's, it's a beautiful picture that God has created. And anytime we have that outside the bounds of the one man and one woman relationship that is a covenantal relationship, it's wrong. Adultery is wrong, and so is homosexuality. It's wrong according to the Bible. And I'm not saying I'm hating them. I'm not at all. Jesus died for every person in every sin, but we have to call sin, sin. And so is pride. You know, the Bible tells us and warns us about pride, doesn't it? What does it say in Proverbs 16, 18? It's, it's just interesting that this pride is the main word. Pride goeth before destruction. It's a very dangerous thing to be prideful, especially of the things that God has said is wrong. Now you say, well, why do you say God said it's wrong? Romans 1, 24, and really throughout Scripture, we're told that any sexuality outside of one man, one woman, is not of God. It's against his creation, and it's against, it's really against ourselves. We're hurting ourselves. Now listen to this. Wherefore, God also gave them up to uncleanness through the lusts of their own hearts, to dishonor their own bodies between themselves who changed the truth of God into a lie and worshiped and served the creature more than the creator. I've never seen more of this happening than today. I'm not saying we shouldn't be good stewards of creation because that's the purpose of mankind. That's we, we were given that responsibility. But should we be more concerned about the creature, the endangered species, than we are about these precious, innocent, unborn babies? We're starting to worship the creature more than the creator. And when that happens, we start to see a downward spiral. Look at verse 26. For this cause, God gave them up to vile affections. Even their women did change the natural use into that which is against nature. And likewise, also the men leaving the natural use of the woman burned in their lust one toward another, men with men working that which is unseemly and receiving in themselves that recompense of their error which was meat. It's fairly clear, isn't it? By the language used here in the Holy Bible that this is something that is harmful and hurtful. And even as they did not retain, like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient. If you want to learn more about the Bible's end time prophecies, In Grace and Pastor Jim Scudder have great resources that will help you. First, we have a large prophecy chart that we will send you absolutely free. And when you give a gift of any amount, you'll also receive our eight-part video series, Armageddon's Dawn, filmed in Israel. 
This series will give you a visual experience that will transport you to the very places mentioned in Revelation. We also would like to send you Pastor Jim's entire 43 sermon audio series, Armageddon's Dawn, on CD or MP3 for gifts of $30. Don't miss out on this opportunity to enrich your understanding of biblical prophecy. Contact In Grace today at 800-78-GRACE. That's 800-78-GRACE. Visit our website at ingraceradio.com or write to InGrace at P.O. Box 9, Lake Zurich, Illinois, 60047. Get your free prophecy chart and unlock the secrets of the end times today. And now we have called it pride, or used to be gay pride, now it's LGBTQ, and the letters keep adding up to an acronym that will be very long and unpronounceable. But even the Q, and I said, you know, let's do a little research. Be careful when you research these things, by the way, and Google things. But uh, queer one person put down means that you are one of those letters, but you could be all of those letters and not knowing is okay. Here's the problem with all of this. Anytime we leave God's design, we are in for a very confusing, confusing time. There's no satisfaction. There's no uh, you're, we're not finding that purpose. We're actually hurting ourselves and others. Again, we're loving everybody. We're not hating people. Jesus died for me, a sinner. I'm a sinner. We're all sinners, but by the grace of God, we all deserve the punishment that is coming upon the earth. But when we reject God's plan of love, we are going to face the judgments that will be unfolding upon the earth in the future, and Revelation clearly speaks of those things. What is God's plan of love? Okay, Adam and Eve were created, they sinned. They chose to rebel against God, they chose to do what they wanted to do, and therefore, sin entered the world. Anyone born of that common ancestor, Adam, we've all been born with a sin nature, and we all sin. How many of you love your kids? How many of you will not tell your son that it was wrong to hit your daughter? Because you don't want to be judgmental. You don't want to be called a hater. No, to love your son is to tell him that what he just did is wrong, right? So we have sinned. We've all fallen short of the glory of God, and God has told us it's wrong. I think deep down we know it's wrong, and the Bible says that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. That's in Romans 3.23. We just read Romans 1. Romans 3.23 is, Romans is making the case against us, against sinners, Jewish and Gentile. We've all sinned. We've all come short of the glory of God. And Romans 6.23 says the wages of sin is death. Now, that's not just physical death, which started happening immediately after Adam's sin. He began to die. And that's why all of us eventually will shrivel up and die. I don't care how much face cream you use. This is inevitable. I asked a friend of mine who's a doctor, and I said, hey, what's the death rate? He said, for what? I said, for humans. <laughs> 100%. Okay. I'm not trying to be morbid. I'm just trying to say, listen, we started to die the moment that we disobeyed God and, and death by sin has entered into the world and all of these, these horrible things that happen in cancers and on and on and on are a result of us saying no to God. 
And now there's a plan of redemption. That's really bad news. The second death is even worse than the first death. It's eternal separation from God, a place he designed for the devil. It's called hell. You say, and I didn't come to church to hear that I'm going to hell. I have good news for you. You don't have to because of this wonderful plan of love that God unfolded throughout the Bible. And you can see it in Genesis. You can see it unfolding even in Revelation. Revelation is still a book of grace and of love. God loves you so much that Jesus died for your sins. Jesus was the son of God. He was born not of a man. He was born of the Holy Spirit, of a virgin. Just as the Bible predicted, where the Bible predicted, how can you self-fulfill a prophecy of where you'll be born? This is incredible. When you start to see how Jesus perfectly fits all of those prophecies by the Jewish prophets over and over and over again, dozens of them perfectly, we start to say, okay, this is, this is not just another man. We start to see his life. We start to see his love, his compassion. He stopped for the unlovely. He loved the sinner. Those that people would walk right past, he stopped and, and he engaged with and he shared his love with them. He shares that love with all of us. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. He gave Jesus for one purpose. He came for one reason, to die for your sins. The perfect, innocent lamb of God died in our place on a cross. He didn't stay dead because he rose again the third day. The sacrifice was accepted by God the Father, and this is offered to all people to just receive as a gift. It says here that it's by grace that we're saved through faith. It's not of ourselves. So many people think, I need to go to church. I need to be religious. I need to be good so that my good will outweigh my bad and hopefully God will grave it on a curve and I'll be accepted by God. This verse right in the Bible tells us that that's not true. For by grace are you saved through faith. What is faith? It's believing. It's trusting in. Not my righteousness because I have nothing to offer God. Isaiah says that my righteousness are nothing but filthy rags in the sight of a holy God. So what am I going to do? My best efforts are filthy rags? Well, you're in luck because it's by faith in the work that Jesus did on the cross. By faith. It's not of ourselves. It's a gift of God. What's a gift? A gift is something that is offered freely by God. And all we have to do is believe in what he did for us. Trust in that. You say, oh, that's too simple. What is a gift? The Bible calls this a gift, right? A gift is something that is offered. What do you have to do? Do you have to pay for it? If you pay for it, it's not a gift. Do you have to work for it? If you work for it, it's not a gift. What do you have to do? You just have to accept it. Just accept it. The Bible says by faith. How? It's the same word as John three sixteen. Whosoever believeth. Those were Jesus' words. Whosoever believeth. It's not about religion. It's not about being good. We can never be good enough. Therefore, the only way possible for us to be saved from hell, to be redeemed by a God who loves us, is to believe in him. Trust in him. So we believe. It's the same word in the original in the Greek as Faith, one's a noun, one's a verb. So we're saved by faith. We receive the gift. It's not of works. No one's gonna stand in heaven and say, I deserve to be here. That's pride. We just read about pride. You say, no, I don't deserve this. 
but I thank you for it. You are worthy. You have proven your love to a world by that incredible sacrifice of Jesus on a cross. I love the song that talks about Jesus could have called 10,000 angels to help him on that cross. No one murdered Jesus. You don't take almighty God and kill him unless he's willing. And he was willing. He died for us on a cross. He rose again the third day. And by faith, anyone who believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. So that's the love of God. That's the offering he's making to you, to every person, whosoever. God so loved the world. Every person, I don't care where you're from. I don't care what your accent is. I don't care what color of tan you have in your skin pigment. Jesus created all of us. Jesus died for all of us. And you just have to receive that as a gift. And now, if you do, you won't face the pouring out of wrath that is to come. For surely, it is to come. And our world deserves these series of judgment. People are casting profane things around these days, ideas and words. And one day, the world will face judgment of God. And then, we will see this tribulation period unfolding in the scriptures. Those will begin in Revelation chapter 6. We're in Revelation chapter 4. So far in 4, we've seen some pretty incredible things. Let me show you a picture someone has drawn of what this throne room might have looked like. We've seen some pretty incredible things in this study so far. First of all, we've heard a voice of a trumpet. A voice like a trumpet, the sound reverberating out of this throne room scene. We've seen the Father on the throne. And actually, we haven't seen the Father on the throne because you can't see God. He's so brilliant. He's so holy. There's this glow of light. And then we've seen in this throne room scene in Revelation chapter 4, this refracted light. It's like precious stones and different colors emanating out of the throne of God. And then we've seen this circular rainbow shape reminding us of the completeness. It's not a rainbow, it's a rainbow circle or a rain circle. And if you've ever flown, you can look down and see the full circle of a rainbow. God in his completeness, God in his glory, God a keeper of promises as the rainbow signifies. We'll talk more about the throne room of God tomorrow, and I hope that everyone understands what the rainbow really means. And uh, we have to be careful about pride, right? Especially to be prideful about sin, to be prideful about rebellion against God. Boy, that's a dangerous thing. And uh, we need to, of course, as Christians, be as far away from that as possible. But I, I'd love to see the rainbow, the complete circle around the throne of God, because that's the future for those that have put their trust in Jesus Christ, to be able to be in that scene, to be there worshiping and casting our crowns for him. But we can also cast our crowns now. We can bring him our worship and our glory now. We can uh, give our lives and, and dedication 
relation to him. And I hope that you have done that. We would love to equip you to better understand the end times and Bible prophecy. And so I have a really nice free prophecy chart for you. All you have to do is contact us. The number is 1-800-78-GRACE, 1-800-78-GRACE. Or you can go to our website at ingraceradio.com, ingraceradio.com and get your free Armageddon's Dawn prophecy chart. We also have a really exciting eight-part video series. We filmed it in Israel. We have great Bible teachers on there. We've got a lot of graphics that really help you understand what's coming upon the world in the end times. And the full 43-part audio series of Armageddon's Dawn is available as well. These are great resources that will equip you to be prepared for the end times. Call 1-800-78-GRACE. Are you ready for an end times journey of biblical proportions? Get the stunning Armageddon's Dawn Prophecy Chart for free. Or give any amount and receive the incredible Armageddon's Dawn eight-part video series. Plus, you can order the 43-part audio preaching series. Contact InGrace today at 800-78-GRACE, ingraceradio.com, or write to InGrace at P.O. Box 9, Lake Zurich, Illinois, 60047. Thank you for joining us on In Grace Radio with Jim Scudder Jr. In Grace is a member of the Evangelical Council for Financial Accountability. Our goal is to share the light of Jesus to a darkening world, helping you find hope, gain purpose, and be a light. You can be that light today by joining our mission to spread the gospel around the world. Just call us 800 78 Grace or go online ingraceradio.com. You can also write to us at InGrace, P.O. Box 9, Lake Zurich, Illinois, 60047. Tune in tomorrow as we continue to explore God's Word and His world on InGrace Radio. Radio.